Rags to Riches will not be seen this week, but will return next Friday at its regularly scheduled time. Now stay tuned for an all-new family special, Disney's DTV Monster Hits. The following program is brought to you in living color. And stereo. <laughs> On NBC. Disney's DTV Monster Hits features the music of Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, the Eurythmics, ELO, Creedence Clearwater Revival, Rockwell, Ray Parker Jr., Daryl Hall, and Bobby Boris Pickett. Jay, I genuinely cannot remember the last time I was this excited to record a podcast. I find this fascinating. Yeah, I mean, you're never overtly excited, I have to say. You're kind of like middle of the road. Middle of the road might be like kind of a generous way to describe my general attitude of let's get this motherfucking shit over with. I won't like it until it's done. But this time, I think we have something so special for everyone. What is the show about? Tonight, we are going to dive into the complete broadcast of Disney's DTV Monster Hits, which was a primetime TV special that aired on NBC Friday, October 30th, 1987. Yeah, so this is like that sweet spot. Oh my God. It just puts tingles up and down my spine. You know, I've been doing the fucking old retro shtick for literally half my life now. Yeah. It takes a lot to overwhelm me with nostalgia, and this did it. It's surprising, though, because I have to say, you're not notoriously a Disney fanatic, but there are specific things that we're going to discuss tonight that really get you into it. No, I'm not a Disney fanatic, as opposed to you, who pointed that out no less than 30 times for me <laughs> while we were discussing. You know, you'll tell you me. Take you take such fucking offense. Like, of course I've heard of it. <laughs> you act like I'm asking, have you heard of Mickey Mouse? I'm like, I'm asking pretty deep cuts. I'm just making sure that you know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> so there's this uh, animated sequence by Disney. No, I never heard of it, Matt. <laughs> First off, dude, I got to tell you again. I said it before. <laughs> Disney maniac. You don't need to tell me what's what. <laughs> Before we get into this, I just want to give a shout out to Walt's Vault, who uploaded this entire thing to archive.org. And he gave us the approval to steal it for this show and also to post some clips on our socials. Thank you, Walt. Yes. You're a good guy. No relation to Walt Disney. No relation, though I do think it might be a reference to Walt Disney. I'm sure it is. You know who Walt Disney is, right? He actually, <laughs> he spearheaded this whole thing. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. DTV was Disney's pun on MTV, obviously. They did a couple of DTV TV specials, but I think this is really the only one that matters. Yeah, this is the best one, and I think the one that most of our people remember. DTV Monster Hits, this was a collection of pretty legitimate pop songs, like big songs with a scary vibe, and they set them against these montages of clips from old Disney shorts and movies. He did the Monster Mash. The Monster Mash. It was a graveyard smash. Good stuff, Jay. Yeah, we're going to get into all that. One thing that needs to be pointed out, though, is that I do know people who were really bummed that this preempted rags to riches that night. <laughs> (laughs) 
Rocks to Riches, I mean, they might have made it to season three. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about everything of this broadcast. Everything. The music, the clips, the commercials. Oh, oh Jay, the commercials. Why we're really here. We have to go through all this Disney shit to get to talk about fucking McDonald's. <laughs> That's why we're here tonight, folks. So Matt can gush about McDonald's. Haven't heard that one before, have you guys? <laughs> before we get into the meat on this, just want to point out, this is hosted by the Magic Mirror from Snow White. Yes, the man in the Magic Mirror himself, Ed Rooney. Now your host for tonight, the one who knows all, the magic mirror on the wall. Good evening. Oh, good, she's not here. I mean, my former employer, the wicked queen in Snow White, you know. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Yeah. Well. <laughs> Is that who's playing him, Ed Rooney? Yes. <laughs> You're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it's that guy? I knew it was somebody. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, like, in Snow White, the man in the magic mirror is the cartoon, obviously. Here, they've made him, like, a live actor, and apparently it's fucking Ed Rooney. And it's one of those things where you'll see screenshots from this all over the internet. And I remember people would say, what is this from? And if you don't know DTV, you have no idea that this is the special he appears in live action. It's 50 years since I first appeared on the silver screen. Back then... Rock had a different meaning. We'd beware of rocks, especially if they were rolling. <laughs> the script was a little fucking corny. He did have one great joke that I think is worth mentioning. He says, uh, this makes me feel like dancing, but I can't because I ain't got no body. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Gallows humor. Woo! Gallows humor. I love it. Yes. It's dark. Oh. What the fuck was that noise? Oh, it's my noisemaker. Oh my god. It sounded like the fucking devil was just entering your apartment. <laughs> Alright, let's kick things off tonight, Matt. Let's talk about the music videos. Oh, I can't wait. Disney's DTV Monster Hits will be back in a moment. We'll share some slightly scary monster hits from the dungeons of Disney. Delicious little things that go boom in the night. <laughs> I love a good fright, don't you? So, join me and my co-host Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, and my old friend Witch Hazel. Double bubble, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. Let's mix up a Fright Night brew with great cartoons and rock songs, too. We call that magical potion DTV. Matt, as you mentioned before, there was a slew of pop songs from the time. So I wanted to go through them and see what appears on this special. What a track list. Yeah, so we had Michael Jackson's Thriller. Ray Parker Jr. with the Ghostbusters theme. Credence Clearwater Revival Bad Moon Rising. Bobby Boris Pickett with the Monster Mash. Rockwell, Somebody's Watching Me. Electric Light Orchestra with Evil Woman. Stevie Wonder with Superstition. You Better Run by Pat Vanatar. That Old Black Magic by Spike Jones and his City Slickers. Daryl Hall with Dreamtime. 
and Sweet Dreams by The Eurythmics. All right, so those are the songs, Matt. A lot of great ones here, and how they're used with the animation really works, especially in certain situations. There was one that you were mentioning that you really liked. Okay, so the one that was like really grabbing to me, just because it was such an impactful kicking in of the song, You Better Run by Pat Benatar. Yeah. They set that up by showing the scene in Snow White where the witch is like Goonie henchman guy. He's warning Snow White because he had to change the heart. He's like, you know, the witch wants to kill you or whatever. Get out of here. And then right then and there, You Better Run kicks in. You better run! You better run! And you got you like, you know, 19 run! fucking 10 Snow White like flailing her arms around to this Pat Benatar song. Yeah, it's so great. The trees coming out to kill her. I don't understand. She's mad. Jealous of you. She'll stop at nothing. But, but who? The queen. The queen? A quick child. Run. Run away. Hide. You better run! It's such a strong contrast because that's such an old-timey cartoon in appearance, and then you got Pat Benatar over it. You had mentioned, you said it was kind of surprising usage. This is how my train of thought goes, because you have no idea what goes through my head. You're right about that one, Jay. How was he even thinking this? I was like, Pat Benatar was huge at that time. I mean, she was like right on top of the world. What does he mean it's a surprising usage? I'm like, this song was everywhere. No, I know who Pat Benatar is. It's a surprising use because I can't believe they got such a big semi-recent song to throw in this special over Snow White. Yeah, it was great. It just worked out perfectly. I thought it was fantastic. Loved it. How about you? Did any of this stuff pop to you? They used this Daryl Hall song, Dreamtime. And when they're calling off the songs in the beginning, the voiceover guy is like, and Daryl Hall. And then it just stops and you're always waiting for them to say and oats but this was his solo career i had no fucking idea that this was daryl hall of hall and oats oh really this song was so good dream time and it worked really well with the animation anytime when i was a kid you just heard daryl hall you're like okay don't you have more to say after that you know you're waiting for them to say oats back with a DTV guaranteed to give you sweet dreams. Like so many American chocolate lovers, I was relieved to hear about Hershey's new Bar None. Its unique combination of chocolate wafers, chocolate cream, peanuts, and pure milk chocolate. Make Bar None the supreme chocolate extravaganza. Bar None. But will it satisfy the chocolate beastie lurking in us all? One of the coolest things about these broadcasts that we get, Matt, is the commercials. So I'm going to tell you about one that I quite enjoyed. This was Hershey's Bar None. Bar None. A candy bar I actually have never had. You never had that, really? I'd look at that wrapper and be like, eh. That looks like a boring kind of like fake adult candy bar. I read what it was today and I'm like, that would be so fucking good. It was so good. I loved Bar None. And you know, it's funny. I do say Bar None a lot. And I've talked to multiple people who don't know that phrase, but they know the candy bar. (laughs) 
So wait, you're saying that you've been in a position where you said bar none, and they're like, what does the candy bar have to do with it? That kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. What does this fantastic chocolate bar have to do with anything? What kind of fucking idiots are you running around with? (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, 1987, this was discontinued in the early 90s, came back again in 97, and then went away, and now is actually being marketed by a different company so i guess hershey's lost the naming for bar none and this other company picked it up made the same candy bar anyway the commercial has this guy in padding and he's got a cage in the back of his room where all this light is pouring out and you hear like banging and stuff so this monster is clearly behind a cage yep but what it is is a metaphor for his hunger for delicious chocolate bars called bar none I mean, I made the connection right away. When I thought of Bar None, what's the best way to market this? <laughs> Fucking screaming beasts. And what it is, is a wafer type of candy bar with chocolate, cream, peanuts, and milk chocolate on top of it. So they refer to it as a supreme chocolate extravaganza. Oh, you know those like uh, fucking vanilla wafer cookies that uh, your mama put course, out? Of course, I know the wafers. It's like that mixed with nuts mixed with Hershey's chocolate. Yes. It's like, oh God, that sounds so good. It was delicious. So this guy is trying to tame the chocolate beastie lurking in us all, he says. A pretty convincing pitch to me when I was a kid to have a monster behind a cage who you don't actually see, but you know he really enjoys this chocolate bar. So now I got to try this because if the monster likes it, I may like it. All of Barnum's commercials had this same kind of schematic. Yeah, the chocolate beastie. No matter what the commercial was, there was always some sort of beast involved. They loved beasts. Make Barnum the only one that will tame the chocolate beastie. So what commercial did you find for us, Matt? Hmm, it's a good question, Jay. (laughs) Let's find out. Saturday, it's 227 at a special time. Then on a special Mama's Boy, Jake sets up Molly with a blind date. I can't believe he's married. And on the Golden Girls, the premier of Russia wants Rose for a peace talk. The world is in heap big trouble. And on Amen, here's Reverend Johnny. It's a time for joy. Saturday. Oddly enough, I think the one single commercial that aired during this whole broadcast that hit me hardest was the one for NBC's Saturday Night Lineup. I could totally see that. A lot of people don't remember this, but like for a pretty long stretch, the Saturday lineup at NBC was like TJIF for old people. I mean, it was a big fucking deal. You're right. (laughs) This is totally you. It is, because I used to watch all of these shows, Golden Girls, 227, Amen. I think they threw another one in there, but that sounded like some bullshit that was only on for like three episodes. Mama's Son or something like that. Mama's Boy. Mama's Boy. Mama's Boy can get the fuck out of here. Let's talk about (laughs) Golden Girls, 227, Amen. That was my trio of golden gods, Jay. (laughs) Tradition back then, I would always watch NBC Saturday night on my parents' tiny television in their bedroom. I don't know how that started or why I did it, but it was just like, always a tradition and seeing that promo just threw me right back i love how you how you describe it as tgif for old people yet you were a young kid watching it i was always an old soul jay i always feel the same way but this i was like nah i'm gonna watch something else yeah yeah i mean i was gonna get to that my my question for you was did you watch any of these shows and it's like i can maybe see you doing 227 i during love the, 227 yeah during the heyday of jack hay yeah i love 227 I don't not like Golden Girls, for the record. You don't. You no, don't for the like record. Them. 
I had the whole Golden Girls experience because both of my grandmothers were like the Golden Girls. So it was like living in the Golden Girls. So that humor was constant. I had B. Arthur. She was my grandmother. You know, I knew someone who went to this fabulous restaurant in Paris and just had watercress for lunch because, you know, she didn't want to gain weight. And then after lunch, she walked out of the restaurant and a gargoyle fell off the building, <laughs> hit her on the head, and killed her. Oh, no. I mean, look at what her last meal was. I don't feel like you hate the Golden Girls, but I do, to some extent, think that you hate people who like them. <laughs> no. Because every time I start talking about Golden Girls in any respect, even if it's obviously going to be like a three-second aside... You shut down like a fucking robot. It lost its batteries, Jay. You hate it. I don't. I swear I don't. It's not true. Oh, man. One of the earliest things I found out about you is you're a huge Amen fan. I love Amen. That theme song, I watched from the beginning to the end when it got kind of wacky. It was a really solid show. I've always felt that of all of the shows I watched as a kid, all of the sitcoms, yeah. I never understood why Amen never had a really solid syndicated run. Yeah. It was always on at like 10 o'clock. Like, why is it on so late? Just compared to like Golden Girls 227, it's like you had pretty ready access to yeah. them. And you might be able to watch Amen now. I'm talking about, you know, before the streaming era when you had to just wait for what was on TV. Give me my little Sigma controller. That's right. No, you love it. <laughs> the weather will be a treat in our Halloween forecast on Nightcast. What strikes me as you humans' greatest weakness? Superstitions. Does anyone honestly believe that nonsense about a black cat bringing bad luck? Or that 13 at dinner causes indigestion? It's so ridiculous. In fact, just the other day... Who did that? Who cracked my mirror? Oh, curses! Don't you know that seven years bad luck? For you. <laughs> I got this fucking train honk. Can you hear it or no? It's been honking Christ. for like seven minutes. It's could like you sound. I mean, could you sound more Jersey? It just, <laughs> bring a little more Jersey into it, Jay. <laughs> I, I, I got this fucking train this, honking. This fucking train. <laughs> Can you fucking believe this shit? <laughs> fucking honking right fucking you, you behind get me. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. All right, Jay. Let's get back to the special. Uh, the music videos they show they are loaded with clips, like we said. I mean, they're really loaded. I don't think it's even possible to list every Disney short that's in there, at least from memory. There are a lot in this fucking special. Chock full of clips. Exactly. And within that, both of us kind of locked on to specific old shorts and movies, and we're going to give them a little love here in this section. Oh, yeah. I'm going to combine two because they're basically twins. The skeleton I just, dance... I just want to point out, I just want to point out, uh -huh. for the record, mm -hmm. that's instance number one. Of what? Of you cheating. Of, of pulling a J? <laughs> yes. Of pulling a, you're calling that If you're going to call that cheating, you better think forward because you better be planning to never do what I just did ever again on this show. And by the way, if that's cheating, what is it when you cram 17 answers into one? Okay. Does it come all the way back around? 
<laughs> it cancels out. Yeah, go ahead. So I'm going to combine two because they are essentially like, I mean, they they feel like they were made the same day. The Skeleton Dance and The Haunted House, which I believe are both from 1929. You do have grounds to combine them because a lot of the same animation winds up in, in The Haunted House. So you're right. I was wondering about that. It did look like at times that it literally was the same stuff repeated. Yeah. These are classic Silly Symphony shorts in black and white. I imagine that everyone out there has seen them or at least seen GIFs because, my God. So famous, yeah. And being that they're from 1929, it sounds like, oh, you might not want to jump into those, but they're just as good now. <laughs> but I, I actually think they're even better. Like, they just... If someone were to even try to mimic this feeling today, I don't think they could. It's so pure. It is so pure, Halloween-y, very good to like put on before you watch one of your horror films or something. Plus, one of these, I think it's the Skeleton Dances on Disney+, Plus, and they upscaled it to 4K Ultra HD. You just on the last show were complaining about that shit. <laughs> You're right. Well, I like it both. No, in the, I, I like in it this both case, ways. Yeah, yeah. No, in this case, you're right. It is nice to see it like really crystal clear because I had, I don't know if you remember this, the Scary Tales VHS compilation. How do I forget? You talk about them every four hours. Oh, God, I, I just I forgot. I walked into that mind by questioning whether or not Jay knew something Disney related or not. <laughs> well, no, specifically Burn this me at tape. the stake. You talk about it constantly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know how other people my age don't, because when our first video store opened in the 80s, Scary Tales was always, like, so fetching. Yeah, the Disney clamshell case, the white ones with, like, the red bar and it had the logo on it, man. I used to rent that tape once a week, so I've seen both of these. So many times. Yeah. Out of both of those shorts, Skeleton Dance and The Haunted House, do you have a favorite? It's a good question. I kept thinking about that myself. I'm like, man, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, The Haunted House, you kind of get the best of both worlds. But I think The Skeleton Dance has more genius stuff in it and has more of like a sly sense of humor. One of the skeletons is like playing a xylophone on the spine of another one of the skeletons. <laughs> So I'm going to go with the skeleton dance. And you can keep it because I'm taking the haunted house. <laughs> I want Mickey Mouse. I mean, it's like, if you're going to have all skeletons dancing, why not take Mickey Mouse? And why not also take the giant Grim Reaper skeleton who I oh, love? Oh, God, you're right. You're right. The Grim Reaper skeleton so, is no, not hold, in the hold, dance. Hold up. But hold up. I was going to say I would pick the haunted house if my mind could be wiped of knowing that the skeleton dance existed. Well... That's also a cheat. <laughs> if right, I only had one saying, option. Because then you wouldn't know. It's just repurposed animation. But you're right. That Grim Reaper is awesome with those gangly fingers. <laughs> Poor Mickey. He's never had an organ lesson in his life, but he's got to play the organ. It's like in the Goonies when they got to play the bones. Exactly. And, you know, for a first time at bat, he did pretty well. Yeah. He was banging the keys. I guess he works well under pressure. <laughs> Listen well, all of you. 
the princess shall indeed grow in grace and beauty, beloved by all who know her. But before the sun sets on her 16th birthday, she shall prick her finger on the spindle of a spinning wheel and die. From Sleeping Beauty 1959, Matt, I'm concentrating on the mistress of all evil, Maleficent, the villain in that movie. I'm so glad that you said her name first, because can you imagine if it was up to me to pronounce <laughs> that? <laughs> Maleficent. Yeah. Maleficent, she's become a real icon getting the live action treatment, but I was brought up watching this movie since I was a very young kid. And there was a point in time, maybe when I was like four years old, that I felt that Maleficent would eventually be my wife. For the first time in 16 years, I shall sleep well. Sleeping Beauty is oddly enough one of my blind spots. So this was the first time I was really paying attention to it. And I'm like, this is it. This is what started Jay down this path. Absolutely. Yeah, I was completely nuts about this movie ever since I was a kid. And particularly because Maleficent will just blast onto the scene in a fury of green flames. And that's really what grabbed me about it. I have like green flames tattooed on my arm because of that movie. Is that why you have those things? Yes. (laughs) You think I've only known you 20 years. You think I might have asked. Oh dear, what an awkward situation. She was only pissed off that she didn't get invited to the party for Princess Aurora. So she started just wrecking shit up and she puts a curse on the princess saying that she's going to die. This is scary stuff for little kids. Like, man, I could see Disney not really going there right now at this point in time. Oh, no, absolutely not. Like, I mean, first of all, the the whole trigger is such a non-offense. She wasn't invited to, like, the royal ball. So she's going to fucking kill this girl. There's murder, slaying dragons, green fire, hues of purple. Also, when she's about to turn into the dragon, I believe she says something to the effect of, I'm going to unleash the powers of hell on you. And I'm like, wow, 1959, that's edgy. Now shall you deal with me, O prince, and all the powers of hell. Throughout my life, people would say, Jay, what's your favorite Disney movie? And when I said Sleeping Beauty, they'd look at me like, really? That's your favorite Disney movie? Yeah, because this movie is badass. It's totally metal. And she is the queen of resting bitch face, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, so this is really your favorite? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'm obsessed with a lot of Disney movies, but this is the all-time best. And in this DTV special, they basically use all the Maleficent scenes that are in Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> yeah. Granted, she's only in it for like 12 seconds, but they did use all of the yeah. fucking scenes. <laughs> That's a good track record. <laughs> The Great Mouse Detective and the music of the Electric Light Orchestra. 
Tonight's show sponsored in part by McDonald's, where it's a good time with Ronald and his friends. Ronald McDonald and friends in the story of Cosmic. One day, a strange object landed in McDonald land. Look! A silver flower pot! Oh, that's no flower pot, Grimace. Who's there? Hi, Earth people. Cosmic here. I popped in from outer space on a trade mission. Trade? Okay, I'll take this and trade you that. I get it. Trade. Okay, I'll take this and trade you that. <laughs> Boy, he moves fast. How about joining us in a picnic? I've got the McDonald's cheeseburgers, fries, and shakes. All right, trade you these for the lunch. Bye-bye. What was Ronald to do? Yeah, what? I'll save our lunch with my McMagnet. Cosmic couldn't hide. He was pulled by Ronald's McMagnet. What do you say we share? Now you've got the idea. Deliciously awesome. I've got to tell my people about McDonald's cheeseburgers. Later, dude. So Cosmic took off. Wow, what an incredible experience. Oh, right. I wouldn't trade it for anything. <laughs> All right, Jay, how about another round of commercials? Yes. The main sponsor of DTV Monster Hits was McDonald's. To come as no surprise, they were the main sponsor of every 1980s <laughs> cartoon special. Especially everything Disney at the time. Not even just Disney, Garfield, fucking Charlie Brown, everything was freaking McDonald's. Yeah. We got two commercials from them. One was the Scared Silly Spot classic Halloween commercial. We've talked about that before. Yeah, of course. So we're going to talk about a different one. This one stars Cosmic. Cosmic, yes. And I love Cosmic. I actually think you might like him even more than I do. Oh, I love Cosmic. I don't know if, I, if I'm going to go that far, but yeah, Cosmic's great. Hmm. <laughs> interesting i got the impression i didn't look it up but this did feel like his debut commercial i believe it was his debut commercial and i don't think he really lasted too long after that he was this little orange outer space creature so basically if you take like the death star and make it three feet wide <laughs> and then make one of those coffee drinking aliens from men in black like protrude out of it yeah that's basically what he looked like and I didn't remember until seeing this commercial again that making trades was kind of his gimmick. Yeah, what a weird gimmick. He's like the kid from the Mott's commercial over there. <laughs> Trading his lunch. Hi, ho, Earth people. Cosmic here. I popped in from outer space on a trade mission. Trade? Okay, I'll take this and trade you that. I get it. Trade. Okay, I'll take this and trade you that. <laughs> Sometimes we mention some of the oddball characters. And then people forget about him. But now they're saying that they may incorporate Cosmic into that McDonald's that we talked about in New Mexico or wherever it was. Right, which is insane. Like all of a sudden they're going to dust off Cosmic, which, by the way, is spelled C-O-S-M-C. Yes, to fit into the McDonald's naming convention. Very clever. He had some fun slang. He would say later dudes. He was trying to be cool. Oh, God, that's so poochy. I forgot that. Yeah, he did have the hip lingo. Yeah. There must have been... On whatever the, like, 1987 version of Us was, like, you know, people that were too old to give a shit but did, there must have been a lot of backlash against this character. <laughs> Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Burger King introduces a new burger with a genuine Western flavor. The Bullseye Barbecue Burger. Two flame broil burgers on a Western bun with melted cheese, sizzling bacon, and topped with a smoky Western-style barbecue sauce. The Bullseye Barbecue Burger won't be around for long, so get it while you can. You only have to ride as far west as Burger King. The best food for fast times. Matt, my commercial was the Burger King Bullseye Barbecue Burger. 
which was a real Western hoedown of a commercial. Where have you been all my life? Bullseye barbecue burger. Yeah, I mean, I vividly remember it, although I didn't realize how great it was because we had it made. We had commercials that if you were selling a barbecue burger, they turned it into this giant Western celebration. Horses, they're dressed like cowboys. You're like, man, if I eat one of these Western barbecue bullseye burgers, I'm going to turn into a cowboy. It was exactly that. It was the old cigarette and beer commercial strategy applied to fucking Burger King sandwiches. I love that they would go to the extent of creating this feel for a burger like that. It's so funny because literally, like literally the only thing about this burger that you could somehow tie to that theme is the fact that it has barbecue sauce. <laughs> barbecue sauce. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> So it's got this long bun. It's kind of like the chicken sandwich that's long at Burger King. Yep. Melted cheese, bacon, two patties on this long bun. Which is key, by the way, because usually when there's double patties, they stack them. So when you have them like next to each other, yeah, like this must be how they do it in the old West. Cowboys want more than two bites. Yes, exactly. And so it's topped with this smoky Western barbecue sauce, which I have to admit, I am a huge barbecue sauce fan. I choose barbecue sauce over mostly anything. Really? God, I'm learning quite a few things about you tonight. (laughs) Sleeping Beauties, your favorite Disney movie. You love barbecue sauce, apparently. You've never broadcasted that one, but I know you ain't lying, because who the fuck would lie about something like that? Oh, Jay Trivia Night. All right. So by the end of this, these guys, man, they are so satisfied. They're just hanging around this fire pit, being cowboys, sitting and eating, reflecting. It's so funny because they're like trying to imply like they're out in the middle of the fucking Wild West, but they have Burger King. So how is that possible? They're in like Burbank. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So this is what got me. They had this truck. It was like this pickup truck. And the cowboys are riding through the Burger King drive-thru. Right. Wouldn't they be on horses? The whole funny part of the commercial should be they roll up to the drive-thru on their horses. Duh. Right? They should have done it. They should have done it. You're right. Imagine how many more people would remember the Bullseye Barbecue Burger if they did that. It would still be on the menu today in 2023. There'd be gifts of the horses going to the Burger King drive-thru. They'd be on Twitter or the X. The amount of Reddit threads that started with the phrase, does anyone remember the Burger King commercial with the horses at the drive-thru would be immense. <laughs> it would be like 87 pages. 87 pages of, oh my God, memory unlocked. <laughs> I hate it when the good guys always win. They get all the glory, much to my chagrin. (laughs) I'm off to find the endless horseman of Sleepy Hollow. Now there's a very top act to follow. I went spoon to have a midnight jamboree. They break it up with English glee. Ghosts and bad, but the one that's cursed is the headless horseman. He's the worst. That's why he's a on Halloween. 
we're going to dive right back into the scary parts of this DTV special and talk about two other segments. And I'm going to kick things off with The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad from 1949. And that is where we have the footage from The Headless Horseman. This story always appealed to me because it was very scary. Of course. So seeing it in Disney form to me was like such a fantastic way to present it with all the animation and colors and the score is amazing. Hip, hip, and what's that hip. fucking song? I know yeah. that's a classic one. I love that song. Hip, hip, hop. Spook and spurn. They don't like him and he's really burned. He swears to the longest. So Ichabod is an odd chap. He arrives in Sleepy Hollow and he gets along well with his students and the women and all this. And Brom Bones is the bully, but they both love the same woman. So one night, after getting poked fun of by Brom, Ichabod is out and he sees the horseman. And this is what the segment is all about. I remember being a kid and being so scared of this special that when we were driving, when I was with my parents in the car, we'd go over a bridge. I would yeah. be those covered bridges. I would be like weirded out and scared. Oh, yeah. So, of course, there's that famous scene where the Headless Horseman throws that flaming jack-o'-lantern mm -hmm. through that bridge, man. That is just so iconic. Oh, what a scene. Yeah, oh, it's so good. And it's another thing where when you look at Disney and how they've changed so much, this can be construed by most people that Ichabod gets his head chopped off. <laughs> at <Well>. the end. <laughs> I mean, they do kind of like at least leave the door open for him possibly being married with kids in another town or something. Yeah, like did Brom run him out of town and he got scared and he just moved on? I have a question for you about this, actually, and I need help here because I'm looking this up today and I'm, my mind is blown. I saw this special umpteen times as a kid and this never even occurred to me, but apparently it's pretty widely believed that there was never a horseman and it was just the guy, Brom, in costume. That's the genius of the story. You don't really know. Well, when I was a kid, I was taking it fucking literally, and I just thought that there was like some fucking headless monster killing this guy. Well, yeah, of course. It, yeah, it mean, blew my mind to think that there was anything else on the table here. There was an urban legend. You don't know, and that's what, like, when you talk about Book of Shadows, that's what that's all about. Blair Witch 2. Oh. <laughs> 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 Yes. Blair Witch 2. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I noticed that they used some clips from the classic 1952 short, Trick or Treat. We gotta talk about that one, Jay. Yes! Can't wait to talk about that. Wow. Ooh, like Trick or Treat, do ya? I do. Ooh, man. Almost as much as Sleeping Beauty, apparently. <laughs> super, super famous short. Oh, it's super famous. Yeah, this is one that got a lot of airplay. And it's the one where Witch Hazel, who is like a legit witch in the classic witch garb, she helps Huey, Dewey, and Louie get revenge on Uncle Donald for not giving them candy when they're out trick-or-treating. And my God, Jay, Donald was such a dick. In this short, I forgot what an asshole he was. The not giving candy part was the least thing that he did. I mean, it was really cruel. Well, there's your trick. Ah, 
yeah, I guess I'm being diplomatic when I say he didn't give him candy. Because what actually happened is he stuck firecrackers in their bags. Yeah. And then after their bags exploded, he dumped a pail of water on yeah. their ass and then slammed the door in their face. Yeah, he's like, well, see you later. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What an ass. I saw the whole thing, kids. A down peas, Bob, down peas. Thank you. Oh, yeah. A rare ranch. Oh, thou do believe it in witches. Just for that, I'll help thee get thy candy. The nephews, they team up with the witch to get revenge. The witch is actually like the hero of the story here. She is, yeah. So she's helping the nephews get candy, apparently, or whatever was in its cupboards there. It looks like they just took everything. Now, are you going to treat or not? The whole point is not being stingy with your treats on Halloween. Better not be stingy or your nightmares will come true or something like that. Well, they did because I've seen, like, I've seen a lot of shorts where Donald gets beat up. But This was like torture porn for exactly. Donald Duck. Exactly. I'm like, oh my God, he's going to die. Don't do this. Like, yeah. you're taking it too far. Yeah. Don't bring the steel chair in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Oh, when ghosts and goblins by the score, ring your bell or pound your door. Better not be stingy or your nightmares will come true. Now that we're near the end of our show, I wouldn't want to give any of you nightmares. So before I leave you, I want you to get your fill of sweet dreams. Good night. And that concludes our look at DTV Monster Hits, or it almost does. Guys, we're going to do the Patreon plug a little early here because on top of our monthly bonus show this month, we're doing an extra bonus show, Jay. That's right, Matt. We're going to be getting into commercials that we did not touch on in this episode. Yeah, there were so many that really grabbed us, but you can't do 85 commercials in an unrelated Disney special. So we're going to put two more on Patreon right now. It is there. What's the URL? It is patreon.com slash purple stuff. Nice. And you'll also get this month's regular bonus show that is yet to come. DTV Monster Hits, Jay. Your overall feelings on this one. Is it worth tracking down? I absolutely think it's worth tracking down. And I have to admit, I was hesitant because I didn't know how we would be able to approach doing a whole show on this. It's such a different type of presentation. It's not your typical like holiday special. I think it's really interesting. It's tough. You're right. Obviously, we're not going to sit here and recap music videos, but there's just so many tentacles that branch out from this thing. Yes. Into every facet of spooky Disneydom. We've covered a bunch, but we could sit here for another two hours if we wanted to. Totally. We could be here forever just dissecting the entire thing. Score. Would you give this a 9 out of 10? That's, I think, what I would go. I'm going to go 9 or 9.5. You're getting a lot in one package. Like If you want to just pluck this out and it's an hour of your time, you're getting music that is going to bring you back and also 
these visuals that are going to make you feel in the Halloween mood. Now, one thing I will mention really quick, because I didn't get to say it in the show, is that there's a lot of stuff for me that I find to be very loosely Halloween related. I wanted things to be just more laser focused. Always a critic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, you're watching this. And then there's like dream time. I'm like, dreams? Now Halloween is related to dreams? Unless you're talking about Freddy Krueger. They use so many clips, they had to get creative at some point. How many Disney shorts have there been that are Halloween-y on the nose? I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, maybe they could have cut it down to a half hour then. I mean, maybe this don't, is a... you Don't ever suggest that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Maybe some time travelers listening and will actually do that, and that would be horrible. 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 <laughs> some time travel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so, Jay, for our thing tonight, we're going to do something a little different. Yeah. We got a newspaper here and yeah. uh I'll open that up. Yeah. All right. So in our hands we have copies of the TV listings from this very night, Friday, October thirtieth, nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. DGV Monster Hits ran on NBC from eight to nine o'clock. Now let's say it's us. We're on the couch there. It's nineteen eighty seven. Now it's nine o'clock. DTV is over. Yeah. What are we gonna switch to? At nine o'clock, right? Yeah, so nine o'clock. Okay. I'm gonna run through the uh the options for you here. <laughs> yeah, okay. CBS, you got Dallas. <laughs> If you stick with NBC, you got Miami Vice. Yeah. Switch over to Fox and you'll catch the last half of John Carpenter's Halloween. Yeah. ABC's got Max Headroom. Remember that show? Wow. Oh, my God. Channel 9's got your boy, my Morton boy, Downey Morton Jr. <laughs> Don't blow no more smoke in my face. <laughs> Yo, Mr. Downey! Give me that smoke, would ya? Yeah! classic segment yeah yeah he had his own talk show there then on wpix we had the original fright night from Mm. uh 1985 oh my god so i have to say this isn't so hard for me i feel like this is almost impossible for you i probably would have been watching dallas because it's friday prime time at that time i believe that was like new run episodes not like reruns i would be leaning toward dallas but then i'm like well Halloween is one of my favorite movies, like, of all time. And Fright Night, oh, God. I also feel like a little bit of Miami Vice might have pulled you, too. Miami Vice, yeah. One thing is Miami Vice was always on in my house because my mom was obsessed with that show. So, it is Even a Morton one. Downey Jr. seems like something you probably watched back <laughs> I used then. used to watch it, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say just because it was that time of year that I might be switching to Halloween or Fright Night. How about you? Well, I mean, I would move on to my pick if I feel like I got an answer, but I didn't. I got two. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm going to say being that it was starting at 9 o'clock, Fright Night. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. Now my pick's safe because I'm going with Halloween. Okay, good. (laughs) I actually realized, I think I even told this story on the show before about watching Halloween on network television as a kid while my sister was babysitting me. She went off on the phone and I was just left there paralyzed with fear. It was probably this broadcast. And if I could make the choice, I would watch it again now. So this was a great time, Matt, and I appreciate you suggesting this. 
You're welcome, Jay. I had to twist your arm, but once you came around, you came around full swing. <laughs> well, I never say no to Disney. I just want to present it in the most Walt Disney way possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You really were an artiste. I don't know that this is going to serve us well. We need to go back to the drawing board on section six. <laughs> See, you can't accept anything less. <laughs> Puts his hat on backwards. Yeah. Break out the pencil. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I am Jay from Sludge Central. I am Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. We'll see you next time. Coming up on Miami Vice, Crockett faces his greatest crisis when he accidentally shoots a young boy. It's a Miami Vice you never thought you'd see. Next. Then Night Court's Harry Anderson has his very own comedy magic special with star-studded unusual acts and unbelievable illusions. It's Harry Anderson's Sideshow tonight. 